What's up, guys? Welcome to Roaring Podcast, where we interview experts in tech and product management, providing insights and tips on how to digitize and automate your business processes. My name is Jesper Kask, and I'm your host. What is bad data, and how do you avoid it? In this episode, I'm joined by Pontus Solmer, Product and Innovation Manager at Roaring. We talk about the consequences of bad data and how to ensure data quality over time. Enjoy. Okay, so welcome, Pontus. It's great to have you on the show. Nice to be here. First time, and uh, hopefully we'll get an interesting discussion together. Yeah, we're, we're here to talk about data and bad data in particular. Um, so Gartner recently re- released a study uh, regarding bad data and, and the effects that it has on companies, um, including costs, uh, missed opportunities, and loss of revenue and deteriorating uh, reputations and so on. Um, but what is bad data and, and how do you avoid it? In my opinion, I think bad data in all essences, uh, when you're consuming or using data that is inaccurate and it doesn't matter really for what kind of purpose, because I think the old general saying where, you know, uh, shit in shit out is really explaining what happens when you are uh, using incorrect data. But, but I think that one, one important thing here is that uh, bad data goes um, all layers over a company. Uh, if you have bad data in, in terms of your customer data, that will affect you. But also if you have bad data in regards to your comp- competitor uh, and how you treat your competition, and if you have bad data, internal bad data in your system. So it's bad data all over the place will, will really sort of affect your business in a negative way. Uh, and there is obviously, uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit more about sort of external data and how you're sort of can avoid um, using bad data. Uh, mm. So so that's, I think that's going to be the topic, uh, what we're going to discuss today. Mm. But bad data is 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 really that simple, uh, shit in, shit out. Mm. So so what are the biggest challenges today for companies when, when trying to manage data in different forms? I think that there is... There are several challenges, but I think that the, the, the biggest is, you know, a, it doesn't matter if you're a small or a mid-sized company or a large company, but <clears throat> one of the challenges is definitely that you're combining uh, different uh, kind of sources for, for your data. So first, there can be the structured data that you are actually receiving from a, a provider, but then at the same time, you're using and consuming and creating your own data. So we can take uh, take an example with customer data. So let's assume that you're actually retrieving the data from a, a third-party vendor, but then you're actually interfering with the data because you are inserting it into your CRM system. And then you have uh, individuals at your company, employees that is responsible for working uh, within the CRM system. And then obviously they can alter with the data so you have fields that is open, uh, so fields within the CRM system where you can actually type in things. You can attach uh, data sets to a company information page. And ultimately, just assume that you are a small company with 20, 25 people, and you have five people that is working within the CRM system, and you have given them access to actually write things about the company or the customer activities. and 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 you combine that information created by the employees, and then you sort of combine that with the information that you're taking from from a provider. That means that you will 
often uh, you will often uh, get into the sort of the sense that you are secure in in one way where you think that you know we are actually getting the data from a, a supplier but on the other hand you you will automatically sort of make your data dirty and dirtier and dirtier uh, over time so again the problem is in how you're handling multiple sources of data mm. and it doesn't it is not enough it's not good enough to just use one source and think that you know you have solved it because you will always have human interaction with that data. So you need to find a method in controlling the changes and in controlling uh, the, the, the sources you're, you're actually using. And I think that one important thing here is that it's it's actually not a simple task to, to create a database where we actually can, can handle multiple sources because each source in itself might be correct, but at some point, as a company or within a database, you are most likely uh, you want to utilize those different data sets in different ways in a CRM system, in an ERP system, and, and they are not always communicating that well. So that's I think that's a challenge where you are combining data mm. and you have manual interference with the data and you have several people that have access to do those things uh, to the data. Mm. And you might even have a third party as well where, where the customer um enters data or, or puts in data as well yeah that's another uh, another source so it becomes complicated when you when you want to have the the sort of fully digital way of handling data but at the in the end uh to create that sort of uh what, what's that word uh if you want to create the, the 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 one single master data uh repository it becomes complicated because you will add uh complexity to it because as, as you said you allow different people and different stakeholders to interact with the data so that's basically goes for any company or organization it's it's a challenge mm. so in terms of, of having all of these multiple sources how how difficult does it get when you have when you also add on on top of that a lot of manual processes or steps uh, in between like having a customer fill out the, a, a paper form uh, mm. or uh, like you said, having employees go into the CRM system and doing changes on their own by hand. Um, what, what kind of complexity does that add to it? it? It creates a great complexity. I think that one of the more sort of simpler uh, ways of, of, I would say, solve it or at, at least reduce that risk is first you need to have in place sort of a, a data policy within your company and a, a, and a sort of a data governance uh, in place to be able to, to define what kind of data are we allowed to change and who can change those data sets. And <clears throat> I would say, I think it's a very, I make it really simple now, but I think that that policy should definitely be, you know, do not interfere with the data. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that if you allow people, employees, to interact with, with customer data, for an example, uh, hardcore customer data, such as addresses or whatever revenue numbers or uh, industry codes, etc. Uh, it will create uh, big problems for 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 the both for the company, but at the same time to maintain that data set because then you obviously need to to cleanse it and you need to obviously update it. But the biggest challenge is <laughs> besides the the whole shit in shit out problem 
is that to define those uh, governance and, and rules and, and, and internal regulations on how you should treat uh, your data and who can interfere with the data. I think that any company that allows uh, the employees or a sales representative to go and, and insert uh, or cha make changes to, to the sort of hardcore company data profile, um, that's the biggest that's the first step that's the first step do not allow that close that make that sort of an closed environment and trust your sources trust your sources to deliver the accurate data because uh that if you're using uh, a provider to update your crm system for an example uh, the most likelihood for the provider to give accurate data it's much higher than than having your sales rep to go in and change and alter with it. So the first step would be stop allowing individuals or, or people at your firm to interfere or to make changes to the data and have a policy around that. What can be changed? Of course, you can have uh, comments or uh, in, in regards to, to the sales process, where we are, et cetera, but to interfere with the actual sort of customer data, uh, that is just asking for, for problems so stop doing that and and trust your sources mm. trust that they are actually delivering the correct data set and and that's why you're paying a a third-party uh, vendor you're paying them for doing the hard work of collecting and updating data and make sure they are making sure that that data that they are sending to your crm system or to any system that you're using the data that they they are the they are the ones that guarantee that the information is accurate mm. so so stop the first thing would be stop interfering with the hardcore data set in a, in any yeah. database do not so allow people want to, to remove do. the human error factor yeah exactly uh, internally as well and you mentioned you mentioned shit in shit out and uh, what in terms of consequences uh, if we we're talking about the shit out part as i suppose uh, what are some of the consequences? I mean, we've all had these sort of uh, where, where personalization goes wrong. For example, when you get a snail mail campaign that just hits you the wrong way because you've moved or you, you don't, it's not, it doesn't apply to you or whatever. And you've also had a, a lot of ads uh, in different social media and so on. But what are, what are some of the other consequences that companies could face when using bad data? I think the, the, the easiest answer and a very generic one would be they're losing business opportunities. And uh, I just, I can give you an example or, or, or an example. Yeah. And a, an example would be if you, for an example, are, are asking a customer to fill in, uh, individual data, uh, regarding addresses and, and potentially, you know, family members, and you collect data sets, uh, asking for, for them to, to manually insert that into any onboarding process. Um, and unfortunately, there is a lot of companies still uh, doing that. So they think that they have sort of a digital uh, onboarding process. They have a digital onboarding process in terms of that you can actually do it online. Mm -hmm. But beneath the surface, they might just rely on the data that you are as a consumer uh, or a customer entering into the system with this uh, with with any form that is presented in a nicely way on the web. Uh, so the first sort of big risk is that if you will then potentially get false data into your system because uh, 
for an example, obviously I know my address, but there is a lot of information, detailed information that I do not have. I can give you an example. I, I, um, I was asked uh, from one of the, uh, what's the word, uh, companies that are providing uh, savings uh, into the stock market, et cetera. And I have a small savings account for my daughter. And I got an e a physical uh, letter uh, telling me that, you know, you need to update uh, the information on the uh, account holder, which then my daughter is only four, so would be updating my information. First, it came as a, um, as a letter. And then I went into their webpage, which they directed me to. And then I was supposed to start do that work. So they already knew who I am because this was just an update, old information. They just wanted to secure that, you know, I'm still living on the same address, et cetera. But I need to, to fill in that from scratch. And then we come to parts where I can actually not answer the question. Uh, for an example, they were asking, um, where do we uh, gonna send eventually future payouts to what account? Mm -hmm. And I do not have my account number in my head. I do not, uh, so to, to, be, to be able to solve that, I actually need to go in, look into my papers, to so go into my bank, and then, you know, so what happens is that I do not do that. I haven't completed it yet, and I know I will get another letter that's saying, you know, you need to do that. But that's, and that's just a small example of the frustration it creates, yeah. and that wasn't a big deal. Uh, but I got pissed. I didn't fulfill it, <laughs> and and this is just an example. But assuming we are talking about business, they they now have, they've already have me as a customer, but assume that that process is similar to other companies where they actually want me to sign up or to complete um, any onboarding uh, process, uh, but they are they are just doing it halfway. They 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 are doing it in a digital way, but behind the scenes they mm. do not utilize the capacity of of automated processes. Mm. So it was a long answer, but that's one. That's obviously one risk. That's business risk. But then you have the other. I think the other risk would be, as we spoke in, 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 the, in the beginning of the pod, you are just getting, uh, you're just loading your system with crappy data. Uh, it's based on manual interpretation. It's based on, on from a customer who doesn't necessarily have the, the, the full answers, but will still type in the information because they want to proceed to go, you know, to complete their onboarding process. And then you have the other side, is where you have then employees adding information mm. to that. So, so it ultimately it's just a, it's just a, it's just a big sort of business risk into it. And, and then you have, and then you have the sort of technical aspect of it to be able to handle in a, in an efficient way to handle those kind of systems. You need to have databases in place where you can handle those um, errors. Mm and faults, which obviously takes a lot of time from any tech, tech department to, to do the cleansing, to do you know, internal cleansing and to have control of the data. So I think it just gives a lot of headache for all departments. Mm. And even the classic would be invoicing. Mm. So obviously, if you do not have uh, the correct address to a customer or you don't know what the customer actually has bought, et cetera, it just affects your business. Mm. And your business model and etc cetera, etc cetera. so it, it just becomes a hassle for everyone in, from all angles mm. 
and and there's an old saying that uh, your decisions are only as good as you, the data you base them on. Uh, and obviously, having bad data creates poor decision making, and 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 possibly a risk of, for example, allowing the wrong type of customer to to uh, become a customer, for example. Yeah, I I I agree, and and so we are obviously talking now uh, a little bit more sort of concentrated around uh, sort of customer data, mm. but I think another example would be any company, small big. Uh, that are uh, taking decision based on sort of poor data. Mm. It doesn't need to be customer data. Let's assume that they are doing a strategy work and want to understand their competition landscape and they want to have a product launch and they have you know discovered a lot of things and developed world-class service, but they have missed out for an example, just making this up now, but they, they've missed out that you know uh, there is a competitor in in another country that is entering the market with the same same exactly the same offering that that's the same thing that you you, you know you you're taking your decision on on poor data mm. it, it will affect you heavily it doesn't need to be based or evolve around customer data it goes into all aspects of running a company mm. data is crucial to 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 be successful uh in in in, uh, in the modern the modern digital landscape that we are operating mm. And another thing that was interesting in the in the Gartner study that uh, I mentioned was that um, data scientists in the US spend around eighty percent of their time uh, organizing and cleansing data. Meaning yep. you're you're sort of shifting the the possibilities of using data to your advantage to becoming a, a huge cost and, and a problem. Um, so that's also a, a, another part of it that's a huge problem with with uh, with bad data and, and the way you handle it. I agree, and and I think the the number really, yeah. In, in this con in this context, it shocked me because if you have a company and you have data scientists, which is quite bright people uh, that is trying to to look at data from different angles and obviously trying to analyze data from a business perspective to create more revenue or to create more insights for you as a company to perform better. If they are if they if they are forced to spend eighty percent of their time to handle um, quotation marks now, but but sort of grunt work that is related to data cleansing and and basically data cleansing in this case would then refer to to just have correct data into your system. That's just a that's a waste of resources. Uh, instead, those data scientists and obviously it goes in the name. They are data scientists. They could potentially create much better value. Than, than spending their time uh, to make sure that any company can can uh, correct in, uh, invoice correctly mm. or uh, to ensure that the company profile data that we have on our customers or potential customer is actually not dirty. Mm. It's, it's supposed to be clean, but they are spending so much time and effort, which obviously is then money, mm. to, to, to just create this data ecosystem to be just fine there's nothing magic happening with the data because they are just spending a lot of time to just ensure that that the company's processes is working but if they would then spend the same amount 80% of their time in actually create innovative way of of looking at the data uh, create insights of the data create uh, you know uh, sales insights whatever that can be uh, so it's just basically 
yeah, it shocks me because 80% uh, is a lot of, it's many hours uh, uh, every month that you yeah. spend on just getting the, your, getting your data correct. Mm. So let's say that you, you sort of manage these processes as well, and you, you get a clean data input into, to, uh, um, in, into your database and you have a, a cohesive view of the customer, for example, how do you ensure customer data quality or data quality, uh, over time? Because that's another challenge. It's a challenge. Um, I think that you're explaining the classic someone uh, working at a company that understands the importance of, of having clean, correct data uh, will obviously then run to someone uh, who sits on the decision that we need to, to, to you know, uh, buy uh, a data cleanse or by uh, need a we need a provider that can um, that can clean our uh, company record mm. or customer record uh, and then you do that uh, you uh, you contact any firm they happily will 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 cleanse your data and they will obviously ask for your records and, and they will uh, potentially they will ask you to send uh, your customer uh, database in any technical format or FTP and that's the first thing where i would you know quite i would i would uh, i would think uh, at least one more time if that's the process that i would like to 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 have with with uh, this kind of provider uh, because normally your customer data and your uh, and your whole sort of customer uh, intelligence on your customer is obviously it's the core foundation of your company mm. i would be hesitant to just send it away but that's what happens often that you know someone uh, understands the importance of having correct data you find a provider or a vendor that would do the cleansing for you and you and you ship away your your uh, core asset uh, over ftp uh, an ftp server and then obviously a couple of weeks or one week after or two weeks after uh, you will get the data uh, back. Most likely, they've missed some matches in in, uh, in regards to to be able to identify to do the matching against your customer uh, database. But that's another story. So, and then you think that you're done. So you got, you got this master record now. You you have an updated uh, customer database. Everything is fine and dandy. Uh, but in the end. The problem is just, you know, being solved uh, for one or two weeks because obviously your customer and your customer data is constantly changing. Mm. Addresses are shifting, the CEO, the board members of a company, the revenue, everything is changing. Mm. And, and, and then you do that kind of process again, five months again, uh, because this one, this clever guy then obviously understands that, okay, the, the data is not fully up to date. So we need to do this again. And then you obviously will send and ship your uh, sort of customer database to this provider again and again, and you need to constantly load it in again. And, and mm. so th there is no way where you can actually beat uh, the crappy data mm. biased biased doing the updates irregularly or with the regularity of three or four months. It, it, it will just make the data as good as it is for 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 now, mm. and and that's but that's that's also the that's a problem because I think that 
many companies would then yes sort of uh, they would sort of rely on that process they are done there mm. and and the, then they are happy with and they can see that the crm system is actually updated with the correct address etc mm. but from time a to time said they don't have any clue what's happening with with it so so it still will be false data it mm. will be crappy data in between mm. so so that's so yeah now I, I forgot your question but that's a that's still a challenge so you can actually use a a, a, a vendor to to support that but i think that sort of a modern company and modern providers of of this uh sort of monitoring or or updating any company record have a different approach today there is modern technologies today where you can actually instead of sending away your full customer database uh instead uh use uh clever uh api technologies or web hooks which basically is very simple technology for for uh subscribe on on uh, notifications mm. it basically means that if you have a customer record let's assume you have 10,000 customers and uh get yourself hooked up through an api or uh, through a webhook a developer would do that within a couple of hours or, or you know one or two days mm. then they have done the integration and th th this the greatness with that is that you do not need to ship your uh, customer uh, record or customer database to any third-party provider so instead you have your own customer records and then you are just subscribing on the events or uh, the changes mm. that comes and normally if if the provider is a clever one it will have a structure on how it distribute uh, the notifications so assume that a clever provider would push all the changes mm. uh, of all companies in sweden or in denmark or whatever country you are operating in but obviously you do you do not want to have 5 million records being updated into your system so instead you're using the webhook in a clever way where you actually say you know you do, on your end the customer end, you do the match mm. so you just matches okay we've got 50 different updates today and and five of them are matching our customer record okay i want to fetch the actual change or the actual data set on those five companies and that's the beauty of of api technology or the webhook technology that you can just pinpoint and you do the matching yourself mm. you don't need to send away any customer records you you will be compliant you don't need to think about gdpr that's just a hassle in itself when trying to to exchange uh customer records yeah. uh, so, so so i think that's and you can disregard the uh, rest of the, of the 50 this, so the yeah. 45 you can disregard them and disregard say, them automatically yeah. because mm. they are obviously not matching so mm simple way would be match on company id i have this company id this matches to the notification we got through the webhook use that information mm. and then get that specific information yeah. that's an that's a totally different approach uh, in uh, in comparison to to the way normally you do uh, updates or, or data cleansing in, instead of sending or shipping the the, the full database yeah. Uh, in in every second week or every third week or every month and that just becomes a hassle as well because then you need to 
insert it into your database. You need to have tech people constantly working on that, that sort of data load is working then flawless. Mm. Uh, no corrupted uh, data sets, et cetera. So, so new technologies is here to change or, or are here to change the way companies would interact with, with um, third-party data sources. Mm. That's, I think, yeah, I think that's one of the, it's very simple, but very powerful way of, of, of working with. Yeah. Making with sure data. you have clean data yeah. over time. Yeah. yeah. Super. That's a great, great takeaway. And what, speaking of takeaways, as we're coming up on time, what would you leave the listeners with? Do you have any final sort of tips on, and tricks to, to bring with them in terms of yeah. how to avoid bad data? I think I, I will repeat myself now, but I think that getting get a process in place internally of you know how you should treat data, and I'm saying customer data, but that can be a general uh, a process for for how a company should should treat uh, data uh, asset, uh, and then use also you know we we were talking about data scientists. We need to have. Obviously, a data center is very good to have if you're spending uh, time on the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> but then any company would obviously benefit from having uh, data expertise. Mm. So even if you are using third-party vendors to, to ensure, which is uh, one of the tips, let the, the third-party vendors ensure the data quality uh, uh, that comes from, from, from them. But you need to have a data expert because... Uh, customer data, uh, and if you want to have updates on that, you need to understand the data. If you want to use it in the right way, you need to understand what is NACE industry code, what is what does those revenue number means, uh, what does a board member and the structure of a board changes, ownership. It's complicated in the background. Mm. So if you have that kind of resource internally that can actually understand the data, you will obviously be much more efficient in, in how you're treating and handling your yeah. data. And, and I will just, uh, and the final advice would probably be, you know, do not send your customer record data away to those third party vendors. It must be, you know, a requirement, uh, in my opinion, would be, can you distribute and, and create uh, monitoring solutions so we do not have to, to push data and to, to make a copy of our database and send it to you. That's for me, sounds like something you did in 2004 or 2001 and in 1994. But in 2022, obviously, uh, use the modern technology, API and webhooks to be able to integrate with any other third-party system and create your own sort of data policy and, and the way that you want to interact with the data. Um, I think that that would make life much easier for companies if they just started off having a data expert, using someone that can distribute the data in an efficient way mm. and trust the source, mm. trust the vendor to, to be able to, to collect data from different sources. And then they distribute that to you. You shouldn't spend time on on validating the information, but you need to understand the information and how right. you should use it. So, stop sending files over FTPs. That's my final <laughs> recommendation. I think that's a good good uh, closing thought. Um, okay, so that's it. Thanks a lot, Pontus, for joining us, and it was thanks great for having, you having me. You've been listening to an episode of a Roaring Podcast by Roaring IO. 
feel free to share it with your friend, colleague or peer if you liked it. If you wish to stay connected to us, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time.